welcome to episode 8 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things that they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we get multiplayer and talk about co-op, deathmatch, and MMOs. Zong, it's a double stinger. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Cart Podcast. Today's topic, multiplayer, co-op versus deathmatch, and MMOs, the bastard child of them both. I am Paul of What's Paul Playing Today, and with me as always is Chop the Viking, otherwise known as Dan. Hey, what's going on, man? Not a lot, not a lot. Living large. It feels like it's been a while, but I know it hasn't, so. Been a few weeks since recorded, really? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, Thanksgiving threw things off a little bit, but, you know. Only slightly. Only slightly. It's been a while since we've done one of these, because last time we recorded, we uh, we did a, a little Fallout thing, yeah. and that was kind of that was kind of fun. But it was it was a fun little deviation from the norm. Basically, just chill and not worry about a topic. Just blather on about some something fun, and uh, I believe we're doing that next week as well. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll see. We'll see. Before we get into the topic, it's always you know follow up time. You got anything to follow up on? Kind of like so. My follow up's a little weird because I've been. Uh, working on editing some of our older episodes to convert them into podcast form. And uh, the good news is this should be the last episode we record before podcast goes live. Yeah, before I debut. Yes, before we debut, which is kind of cool. Like I, I like that, but it's kind of interesting to listen to those old topics and be like, man, there's, I've seen some cool stuff with that. And, and it, you know, one of them that was interesting that I mentioned during the follow one was uh, we talked about dumbing down PC games in one of our, in our very first episode. And yep. uh, when we, you know, started playing Fallout, first thing I noticed was like, oh, well, look, here's all the things that were dumbed down for console that are very, very obvious straight off the bat, like playing Fallout yeah. 4. And it's kind of amusing to see that stuff crop up because that's stuff that kind of bugs me a little bit because it wouldn't take too long to fudge around it. But at the same time, you don't want two completely different branches of the same game to patch and worry about bugs in. So I understand why they do it. But sure, sure. But that's completely understand. Rehashing old topics, but no, that's that's, that's kind of the big thing right now is that that that's going. And I don't know if we've fully decided yet, but I think we've decided that for the most part we're going to do release a podcast every other week, just because so we it get, makes the editing a little smoother. And until I get better at it to the point where I can crank out one a week, and then I'll uh, we'll work on. We'll that. see about rescheduling, yeah. or unless people start yelling at us asking for more. Yeah, uh, which, true. You know, God willing, they will. Um, <laughs> any other follow-up you got? No, not not right now. You got anything? I just, no. It's just been Fallout. <laughs> so, so that's the question. You know, our next little mini segment is, what the fuck have you been playing? And uh, uh, has there been anything other than Fallout? Well, I, I don't play Fallout when I'm about to go to bed. I'll just uh, kind of chill out in, in bed and play games on my handheld device. And I've been playing a lot of uh, Monster Hunter 4 and, oh gosh, Xenoblade Chronicles, I believe is the name. Is uh, that for uh, 3DS? Yeah, both are for 3DS. Uh, both are excellent, by the way. Uh, Xenoblade is is actually a... I, I, I expected something like that on like PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. But that's how good the this is the the graphics are. It's how good the voice acting. It's fully voice acted, very just an excellent title. And and Zeno, 
and, and the the whole Xeno franchise. I'm that's very cool. impressed. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the the cool part about those little SD cards they basically use as cartridges is that they're not you know what, what a DVD can hold four and a half gigs ish of information if you don't dual layer it and do a bunch of crazy stuff. So Something like, like that. Yeah, and and even like a Blu-ray can hold about twenty, I believe. That's around twenty-ish. But those little SD cards that could be one hundred and twenty-eight gigs. They're not going to be, but they're pro- they're probably going to be around eight. But you know, still, like that's you could you can put a lot of cool shit on one of those little things. But I got shit right here, four gig. I have a thirty-two gig in my uh, in my Raspberry Pi. It's it's yeah. that would cost me like thirty bucks. Yeah, a bucket gig for a, for a freaking SD card. Yeah, they they can put a lot of crap on there, and it's just an excellent way to sit around and while away a few hours. Yeah, I just don't know what the BIOS of the uh, 3DS can handle memory wise. Uh, it'd be interesting to find out, but yeah, you'd probably need a dev kit, which I don't have. Something like that, and I don't have it either. Yeah, and speaking of DS, one of the things I've actually been looking at recently is I want to check out, apparently, the best Harvest Moon game ever made by both people's standards came out on the Game Boy Advance. And so I've been uh, thinking about messing, messing around with that some for uh, research purposes because I have some uh, ideas for a roguelike that I want to attempt to make that I don't know how I will handle it. But it has a lot of kind of the similar themes of like the idea of farming a little bit or at least some food management and town management on top of crazy adventures and roguelikeness. So who knows? Nice. Apparently they're one to eight gigabytes in size, depending on what card you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked it up. I'm not sorry. No. <laughs> but the the fact is it could be 128 gigs. Like it, if they just, you know, if they wanted to. It. Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't see why it couldn't be. What are you drinking? I am actually drinking my own homebrew of beer. Uh, it is an English pale ale that I got from a kit for uh, from Brewers Best. If people are not familiar with that, they're apparently a very large company that supports homebrewing. I picked up a brewing kit, and this is my first homebrew beer. It's pretty tasty. Nice, nice. I am drinking not homebrew stuff. I wish I could make this. Uh, it is Three Philosophers by Omagong. Omagang from nice. somewhere in New York, Cooperstown. It is a quadruple and it is delicious, and it's about 10%. So, um, rest in peace, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> By the end of this podcast, you'll be passed out in the chair. Cat will be like kind of batting at you, trying to figure out what the hell you're doing. Something like that. Or I'll be feeling really good, and it'll be Either way. a great podcast. Either way. So, multiplayer games. We've had a little bit of a weirdness, in, in my opinion, in the industry, probably... I don't know. It's been what over the past ten years or so, where basically co- co-op doesn't exist anymore. Like, or it's—I mean, it's really hard it's, to find either a co-op game or a co-op game done well, which is—it's rare. I, I think the best iterations of it recently have been the Borderlands series and Diablo yeah. three, and that's yeah. really about it. That yeah, because like that's basically what they're designed to do—is be co-op. Isn't Dark Souls two kind of co-op? It depends on the situation. So with uh, Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2, you can summon other people around with the proper soapstone. Essentially, mm-hmm. what that does is right before a boss, you can mark down, hey, I need some help, and someone can come help you. Or you, And actually, that's... I'm sorry, that's not entirely accurate. Someone can leave a trail, like, like leave their own soapstone mark, and you can summon them for the boss. So mm-hmm. essentially, 
you can leave your own soapstone mark and someone can summon you even if you're just faffing about somewhere else in the game you'll just kind of be ripped into their world and then help them with a the boss there's no ill effects for going to help someone else uh, there's you, if you get knocked out you get knocked out of the out of their game and you go back to yours consequence free as far as i know i'm not 100 i've never done it it's my understanding is that uh one of the interesting things about dark souls 2 is that you can very easily and almost modularly scale the difficulty of the game based on how you handle things from encounter to encounter and one of the things you can do is summon either npcs or other players to help you take out bosses even with the NPCs, it's still tough as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest with you, I was playing one of the DLCs, I believe it was Crown of the Sunken King, and I was fighting the last boss, and in order to actually beat this boss, I had to summon both of the NPCs there and two other people that had left their soapstone marks. So there were five of us attacking this giant freaking dragon that was kicking my ass at, from here to freaking Columbus mm-hmm. the entire time I was trying to play it. Nice. So why do you think that there's just not a huge interest on the developer side of things for co-op. I I think it goes back to, quite frankly, our original discussion in our pilot episode that the AAA games are kind of murdering the industry in this case. With uh, AAA gaming, you've got the money always wants to do the safe thing. And the safe thing is to bring out the next Call of Duty, the next Battlefield 4, which Mm -hmm. is to essentially give people what they want, and apparently what they want is to kill kill each other. Which... Kind of blows, but at the same time, you've got games like uh, Grand Theft Auto who kind of have a harmonious balance. You can bring your friends in, you can play jobs together, you can do heists together, and then you can go and kill some people in the uh, the the whole free mode. Did you play Destiny at all? Like, or do you play Destiny at all? I, you know, I my buddy uh, Dan of Seven Days to Die fame, not this Dan, but the other Dan, he bought me a copy of Destiny as a gift, and I played it for a while. It was really fun. Uh, it's just the the fact of the matter is that once you get to a certain point, it's just me, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was it was a lot of fun though. When I, what I played of it. So it's, I know online multiplayer, like multiplayer and online co-op. Yes. Can you do local co-op at all in it? No, it is essentially the equivalent of an MMO. Okay. So, right. There's... Well, the specific reason I ask is because I know for a while you could do local co-op in Halo. I don't yep. know if you still can anymore. And I don't know at what point in the series it stopped because I think I only played through the first two games worth of campaign in Halo before I was like, yeah, this, I, I don't like Halo. Yeah, I wasn't a fan either. I, I don't think, I think they phased it out in three, but I have the Master Chief collection, so it's going to have to be a follow-up. I'll check on that and see if the, the, co- the local co-op is still a thing. So the Master Chief collection, if you're not familiar, has Halo 1, 2, 3, and ODST, and I'm not 100% sure on 4. Yeah, It might have 4 as well. Because that's something that I'm curious about, because that's the last game that I know of that was you know a huge budget game. That had couch co-op. That had, yeah, well, for couch co-op is a great term. That had that local multiplayer, like local co-op ability to split the screen in half and go nuts. Gears of War has it, or at least the first one does. I don't, I don't know if all three do, because I only ever got to play the first one. I have one and two. So I know you can. I know you can play through the entire first game split screen. Yes, you can. I don't know if you can for the second and third. I imagine you could can just because it seems silly to not continue that through the series. Yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't. But then again, we're not sure if Halo did either. So yeah, but yeah, that's that's a little weird. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. 
my biggest wish, my biggest gripe and depression with the modern era, I want to go traveling the wastes with a friend. I want to play Fallout 4, even if it's just with one other person online um, together. That would be such an amazing shared experience. Yeah. Just to be able to just go out, explore the waste together, just get drunk and watch dog meat play with a freaking teddy bear together. How fun would that be? Yeah, it's it's a little weird though because we've we've also somewhat talked about this before, but Bethesda and multiplayer do not get along very well. Like, and and there's basically two examples of multiplayer games that Bethesda has been a part of. One of which was. I would consider a mostly horrendous train wreck, which was Battlespire. And then the other one is Elder Scrolls Online, which a lot of people consider something of a train wreck. Um, it's been doing better after launch and after going free to play. It's been doing a lot better, but yeah, it's it was it was a really big train wreck before. But that's also totally different because there's a difference between the major, major difference between Fallout and Elder Scrolls is that in Elder Scrolls, you're like a mythic legendary hero. Yep. And in Fallout, you can get away with you're just some dude in the wastelands. I think the only one you could really get away with you're just some dude in the wastelands is Fallout New Vegas. Because with Fallout 3, you're essentially the, the lone hero. You're the, the, the vault dweller. You come out of the vault. You're looking for your dad. And really, there's the, how is it? it it's difficult to, to try and shoehorn up, shoehorn someone else in there because mm -hmm. it's really your quest. With New Vegas, you could probably pick up somebody along the way and say, hey, I'm looking for the son of a bitch who fucking shot me. You want to come? Great. Yeah. With, you, go ahead. I was going to say, continue, Fallout 4, you... you know. Yeah, you're, you're, you're the, the guy who just got thought out is looking for his kid. It's similar to the Fallout 3 situation. It's hard to pick somebody up and, and be thawed together. Unless right. you grab somebody along the way like you do with regular companions, it's it's kind of a difficult way to shoehorn the story in together. Correct. What I was going to say is, have you heard the crazy fan theory for New Vegas that about who the main character is? No, I haven't. So there's this really cool fan theory for New Vegas that it's plausible. Uh, sure. But the, the theory is in Fallout 3, there's a series of quests where you are trying to track down a synth that has escaped to the Institute. You never find him. Like, basically, you eventually get a note that says, like, I'm leaving. Uh, you'll never find me. I'm, I'm going to change my face and basically erase my memories and you'll never find me again. Go fuck yourself. Right. So the, the idea is that the main character in Fallout New Vegas is the synth. Because a normal human being cannot survive a gunshot to the face. <laughs> and basically, I, it, like a whole bunch of stuff. Like the, the doctor at the beginning, like, I think knows stuff about cybernetics. And like a whole bunch of, there's like a whole bunch of weird tangential things that sure basically kind of point to, hey, this this actually, it's kind of a conspiracy theory, but it's it's actually a little plausible and kind of interesting and the fact that they turn around and you know synth central and fallout 4 makes it a little more interesting but yeah you you may you might be a replicant in new vegas my concern with that is that they already account for that in fallout 3 with the guy who's looking for the for the synth yeah but he never finds him exactly because you, you get hired to find the synth yep but you find the synth no you don't i think you you basically just get a note eventually that says i'm gone later mm -hmm. 
Or at least that's my understanding of the uh, the conspiracy theory. Like they, I'll, I'll I'll find the video and send it your way. It's it okay. and, and link it here. Show notes, yeah. It's pretty it's pretty interesting to to just ponder, but it's kind of neither here nor there. But yeah, like they that was in my opinion to go back to our topic. The problem with ESO was that when you have thirty people who are the the mythical prophesized hero all trying to complete the exact same quest in the exact same space, like <sighs> like yeah, that's the, the, the beta problem. the beta was just kind of fell really flat to, for me for that reason. When everybody's special, no one is. I get it. Mm-hmm. So, have you heard the the theory of Fallout Four and Skyrim might be in the same universe? No, I have not. All right. So Patricia Hernandez over at Kotaku uh, posted a, posted an article. Uh, about Fallout 4 and Skyrim theoretically being in the same universe. So in Fallout 4, you find a research station where there's experimental plants. And they look suspiciously like, like Nernroot. And okay. as everybody knows, Skyrim is just rife with Nernroot. And so was, uh, I believe, um, oh gosh, Morrowind, you had you looking for Nernroot. Or is that Oblivion? It was Oblivion. Had you looking for Nernroot? I think it's it's in most of the games. Okay. But... The theory, the working theory is that uh, essentially because of this admittedly tenuous link, they might be sitting in the same universe. Yeah, it could also just be a weird Easter egg because there's lots of those in Fallout. Especially sure, sure. in Fallout. There's a lot but, of them in Skyrim too, but yeah, there's yeah. there's tons of weird little Easter eggs in, in uh, Fallout 4. To include, uh, there's a, a band that I'm a fan of called Catatonia or Catatonia from yeah. England and apparently one of the devs at Bethesda is a big fan of them. So there's a listening post and like a lot of the stuff that they overhear at the listening post is lyrics from Catatonia songs. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I hadn't noticed that. Uh, all right. So we've got, we've covered a lot of co-op and our particular lamentations of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not a fan of competitive multiplayer. I have never been a fan of competitive multiplayer. I know that you play League, and I don't know if you play against bots or against other people, but please. Usually 90% of the time is against other people. Uh, there, There's a place for bot matches in League, and a lot of that is like if you're trying to pick up a new character, you, you play a couple of bot matches just to goof off with the mechanics if you aren't just willing to dive in and make yourself look like an ass not knowing what you're doing. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, the, the fun in League is both the fact that it is not really it's kind of co-op and competitive at the same time because you definitely have to work with your teammates more so than like in like call of duty if you if you're in a like a multiplayer like a team deathmatch in call of duty one player could theoretically win the entire game for his team like if he just runs around and absolutely. gets you know 40 kills and the kill limit is 40 he's going to win the game like absolutely weird. You can't really do that with League of Legends. Like, yes, a player can what they refer to as carry a team, but they can't do it by themselves. Like you carry a team by you run over to this lane and help them out and tip the balance in that lane. And then you run over here and mess with this lane and get that lane moving. But like basically the whole team still has to perform at some base level for you to win. Yep. But you... I mean, they, there are people that do carry games like really hard and there are people that go on tilt like there's no tomorrow and just completely lose a game for their team because they, you know, go completely toxic. Yeah, they could feed the other team just a bunch of levels and then just 
you know, ha ha ha, I'm a I'm a troll, have fun. Yeah. And then blame everyone else on the other team for being horrible when you lose Absolutely. the game for them. It, it happens way more than you want to believe in league. Oh, um, it's... Mm. <laughs> but, but I don't know, because that's... Those style... Like a MOBA-style game feels like a totally different kind of multiplayer than like Call of Duty or Battlefield. True. And I don't know if it's just because the the mechanics of the game. I don't know if it's a smaller size. I don't know if the fact that it was the first-person shooter games kind of aren't. First-person shooter wasn't necessarily meant to be multiplayer and then was eventually made multiplayer, where a MOBA was multiplayer from day one. Like Absolutely designed they for were, it. They were basically born out of a, like a team deathmatch Warcraft 3 mod. A Dota. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's that's basically where the whole genre comes from is a you know multiplayer yep. mod. So it was, and and I don't know if that has a lot to do with it. It's it's a weird question. It's a weird kind of thing to ponder. Is like what makes one style of like competitive multiplayer game better or worse than another one? Because I don't know. It's it's that's hard. I can't think of a way to articulate this at the moment. It's also really subjective. I mean, mm-hmm. better is 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 one thing. Like I, I could I could find somebody who plays Battlefield twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, and ask him to play Tears of the Storm or League and say this is better, and he would mm-hmm. immediately vociferously yeah. argue with every single point I would try to make because right. Battlefield is the best thing that ever happened to him, mm-hmm. which is theoretically for this theoretic person, it's pretty right. depressing. But, but then there are some games. Okay, so there are some games where playing against another person just vastly changes how the game feels, like the mechanics of the game. And the the best example I can think of this off the top of my head is Madden. When you're playing against a player, it is an entirely different game than when you're playing against a computer. It actually is. The computer will play the game like a football game. It'll it'll change up the plays. It'll it'll change up their coverage. It'll do all kinds of crazy st- stuff. Usually, when you're playing against a player, they pick maybe one or two plays on defense, one or two plays on offense, and, and then and then run them into the ground. Yeah, and so, sometimes not even that. Like it, it's one of the things that cracked me up one time is that there was I, I think it was MTV that had it. They had a series on like basically crowning a world world being u.s champion for one of the years of madden and one of the guys in the game that was that was in the tournament that was participating was from atlanta and played the falcons and literally ran the exact same michael vick play like it was just like this bootleg pass and he would roll out with vick and either run the ball or throw it and just basically optioned it this bootleg option every single play and never did anything else and you know did really good and talked lots of smack and I don't know when playing against a player fundamentally changes a game like that. It's, it's a little weird because, and it sucks because when you're playing actual, you know, Madden against the computer, you can get away with that to some degree too. But as you ramp up the difficulty, you can't just do the same play over and over and over again because the defense no, will eventually eat you alive. Yeah. yeah. It, the, the trouble with humans is that we're all fucking insane. Kind of. <laughs> But, to some degree, we're all fucking bonkers. Right. I don't know that that, and that's interesting to me because at the same time, when you look at something like League of Legends, playing against players is 
generally a better experience than playing against the bots because the bots are much much simpler they they really haven't had as much work put into their ai and stuff like that the only difference is so league does this weird thing from time to time where they have special events that go on and they're like special maps special game types that are only there for a couple of weeks at a time and then they like disappear again and sometimes get brought back the next year they've only had a couple that are recurring and one of the really fun ones they had not terribly long ago was called Doom Bots of Doom. Okay. And, it, and it was entirely co-op. Like you you and four other players took on the Doom Bots of Doom and based on whatever difficulty it was. Uh, and I, I don't think we ever got past two skulls. And I think it went up to five and like of okay. difficulty. Okay. But, but basically what it did is like, it would randomly give them the the uh, the bots these weird champions, but the thing was that they could they all had extra abilities that they wouldn't normally have from other champions, like completely different champions in the game. Then all of their abilities were like ramped up to like these ridiculous ability, you know, just absolute utter ridiculousness, hmm. and the basic if your team could hold it together and work together and survive like the opening 10 to 15 minutes, mm-hmm. you could usually turn it around and win. The problem is you usually couldn't survive the first 10 to 15 minutes without just completely getting <laughs> obliterated. And, and yeah, it, it was just, it's just this crazy game type, but it's one of those things that they can do that. Like, you know, that's something riot can do that not a lot of games can do like you couldn't get away with doing something like that in Madden or FIFA or bad examples, but like call of duty, if they just, if they randomly threw in a crazy, if they randomly threw monkey assault into, you know, call of duty as like a a two week long experiment. Like, I, I don't know how people would accept that. Like they would be, this is the weirdest fucking shit I've ever played. I'm sure there were people that would love it, but Especially if they've ever played Time Splitters, but yep, yep. Uh, it it just reminds me of um, the zombie horde mode that has cropped up in Call of Duty, mm-hmm. and you see, you've seen that, right? Yeah. Uh, amusingly, my uh, half brother, who I talked to over Thanksgiving, said he basically bought the most recent Call of Duty just yep. for the zombie mode. Yep, it's actually come into a rather interesting uh, vein of its own, and I'm surprised they don't just sell that as a like a $30 game to be honest with you because it, it essentially for the listeners if you don't know what it is uh, the zombie mode is a literal story mode with four player co-op you fight down the zombies you progress through the maps that tell the story and that's it it's it's a zombie horde mode it's a lot of fun yeah. sorry you were trying to say something uh, well no no so i i would not be surprised at all if they do eventually spin it off because it is getting a, a significant following uh mm-hmm. and people complain when it gets left out of versions of call of duty yeah and it's, it's a little more than that on some level because it's also base building and defense management and running around and trying not to die and it's 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 an interesting little weird mini game but it does remind me of kind of another genre of multiplayer games, which is the asynchronous death matches, most notably Left 4 Dead and oh. Left 4 Dead 2, where you have okay. a kind of co-op game versus an opposing player controlling weird super zombies. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, that's similar to, oh gosh, what is that game? The four-on-one game that just recently came out. 
I, I can't remember the the title, but essentially you're playing a rather large, a uh, giant fucking mute thing that is attacking the players, and the players are attempting to subdue it. It's an interesting subgenre yeah. of that game. Yeah, and th- there's a couple of other ones that I've actually heard about recently. One of them is th- actually the most recent fable game or the one that's currently in the works it's like fable legends or something like that but the idea is that it's a four-person co-op action rpg and then the opposing player builds dungeons and throws monsters at people kind of like an rts it's 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 essentially dungeon keeper with both with the dungeon keeper and the hero's perspective correct but they're two different groups like it's it's one dungeon keeper versus actual pcs so it's an interesting idea an interesting twist on it uh and the other one which actually just recently got funded on kickstarter that i am super fucking excited for is friday the 13th yeah i saw that i was absolutely stoked because um there was one video that i saw of the dev team playing it and the the dev team had of course four people running around and there was two people on the dock ready to get the ship and ready to get the, 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 the boat out of the, on the water. They're ready to go. And there's two people sprinting down the dock toward, toward them. Jason's streaking behind them. The two guys jump in the boat and say, fuck this and just putter out into the freaking lake, <laughs> leaving the other two to get slaughtered. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah like that, that game looks like it's going to be a lot of fun because the fact that yeah i don't know you'll be able to scare the shit out of people sounds really cool um, absolutely it'd be i think a long time ago alien versus predator tried to do something similar mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i don't know how well it worked uh, not very but that would actually make a really good game if you had something like uh, Alien Isolation, like a really fucking scare the shit out of you game. Had one person as the alien, yep, and then like everyone else. Marines, yeah, yeah. It's well, not even be- that. Just like you know, people, just scientists on the ship trying not to die or something like that. I feel like Aliens Colonial Marines could have been that game. It could have been amazing, and they just took a giant shit on everything that Alien was mm-hmm. because. You've seen the blind alien kind of walk by, you know, on its on its hind legs, just walking around like, hey, what's up? Looking at you. Just not even just staring at you, just walking by. Because it's blind. It's just looking your way, but nothing can it can you can do nothing about it. Yeah. God, I've never nice. never played Colonial Marines. All I heard was the Don't giant ever. crap fest that it was. Basically people bought it based on a cutscene and then NDAs wouldn't allow gaming companies to do reviews of it prior to its release. And which is it caused a bunch of people to pre-order it. And then as soon as it was released, like this massive flood of, oh my God, don't buy this game reviews came out. And When a company forces no reviews prior to release, it's a surefire sign that it's going to be a shit game. <laughs> Have yeah. you noticed that? Um, well, I don't know. Cause like, and this is going to be a topic for us in the near future is uh, like the state of uh, gaming industry uh, media coverage particularly with previews and reviews and purchasing reviews and shit like that. Sure. Um, I'm looking forward to it. But like, I mean, there's a job of previews and then there's the job of reviews. And I I can understand that there's stuff that you want to protect before your game goes live. Like I, I get that. But the fact that people weren't allowed to basically disparage the game and be like, look, this, this game needs help. Yeah. 
this game sucks several dicks. And then via cutscene release and commercials, they basically tricked a bunch of people into buying it. Yeah. Kind of sucks. I'm still a bit salty. I didn't buy it. I'm just salty for everybody else. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 that one did that one get pulled from Steam? Um, I don't think so. Actually, let me yeah. check. I don't remember if it got fully pulled or not, or if that was just uh, uh the other one. No, it's still there. I just checked. It's uh Batman still for fifteen bucks, and that's yeah. a little sad. If you pay fifteen bucks for that, I I am very sad for you. If that went on sale down to like under five dollars, I might consider buying it just to like laugh at it for five dollars. They ain't getting money. <laughs> Not happening. Nice. So on the back on the co-op front, there's a little game. I don't know if you ever played the SWAT series. A long time ago, back when it was like third person, like strategic third person. Style yeah, games. yeah, kind of like um. It, it was a third-person adventure game, similar to uh, the, the Police Quest. Quest and Police Quest. Yeah, uh, well, Police Quest SWAT was the original yeah. SWAT game, and um, SWAT Four was an amazing tactical first-person shooter. If you're not familiar with SWAT Four, it is awesome. Please go to GOG and actually ask for them to put it on there because I want it, and I think you'd enjoy it as well. Yes, all of you listeners, I think all of you would enjoy it because you're essentially a SWAT officer. You are coordinating with. Uh, up to, I believe, eight other players. And mm -hmm. it scales difficulty and number of baddies inside of the area, depending on how many people you have with you. So my buddy Ben and I would always play this game, and we would go in, go tactically in, because you had so many different things you could do. You had the wand with the camera on the end of it. You'd stick that under the door, look around, make sure that nothing was there, pop the flashbang in, go in with a beanbag round and your shotgun. It had so many weapons, so many tactical abilities, flashbangs, just all the nine yards. It was great. It was one of the best things. Even the breaching shotgun. And I remember at one point I looked I was looking through the camera, the little camera wand, and I was like, hey uh, Ben, there's a guy back there. Do you have the breaching shotgun? He's like, yeah. He's right behind the door. Breach the door knocked him unconscious the entire thing was just that of him breaching the door and it was just a, a fun experience and I, I really think that that is what games are missing is that that co-op aspect that the, and the, the reason I mentioned is because Rainbow Six Siege just came out mm -hmm. and is supposed to be the most recent similarity to yeah. to uh, SWAT 4 yeah Rainbow Six has another game I think on the way in the near future that looked really good. And I, I'll have to see if I can find it. Cause it's like, I I've saw advertisements for it. And then like, I haven't seen anything about it since, which is really weird. Oh no, it's uh, Tom Clancy's the division. Ah, yes. I saw about that. But of course, Tom, Tom Clancy is the, also the guy behind rainbow six. Well, yeah. not anymore since he's unfortunately passed. Yeah. The division is basically a weird kind of, I would put it as the post-apocalyptic Rainbow Six is what it looks like, but it's it looks really I had seen that. It looks really freaking cool. Is it uh, after the after bombs dropped and there's a certain number of cities still, you know, in commission? Um, I don't know. I I, I was interested in that because I did see some of the uh, trailers during one of the Monday Night Football games that I watched, and it was fairly interesting to see. <clears throat> this is literally the entire description for the game. All right. Black Friday, a devastating pandemic sweeps through New York City and one by one basic services fail 
and only days without food or water, society collapses into chaos. The division, an autonomous unit of tactical agents, is activated. Okay. I'm interested. It's one of the things as less is more with an advertisement like that. It's a, as and long as there's no zombies. Apparently, it's about taking back New York, and it actually says, it's like, welcome to a next-gen experience in a persistent, dynamic, open-world environment that is built from the ground up for co-op, where exploration and player progression is essential. Mm, I'm not sure how I feel about that, because I've heard that advertisement before. Yeah. Mm, but we'll see. We'll see. So, we've covered co-op. We've covered competitive. Let's get to the bastard child MMOs. Yeah, MMOs are a little weird, as is all of this, because it's <laughs> it's very subjective. Uh, the reason I think it's a little weird is because it's both, but also neither, depending on the game. Um, there, there's a lot of move now to to make things a little more casual and make it so you can basically solo play through like an which entire MMO experience, which is yeah. you know okay for most people, but where MMOs shine is in being a multiplayer experience. Like that's having to team up with people to take stuff down is, is like, if you're not having that in an MMO, why is it? Yeah. Why is it even an MMO? Like why is this multiplayer? Part of it is literally massively multiplayer. Yeah. And we're talking about massively, which means a lot of persistent people, which suggests co-op. Yeah. And could suggest, uh, competitive depending on the situation right. i know that there's but, please but the king we'll, we'll go with the king wow mm. for the most part it is no matter what is a co-op game like it, yes. it it has suffered a lot recently from the whole let's make everything a little more not hardcore friendly casual friendly sure um and let's make it so that people can kind of play through the whole thing and do decent without a Without having to team up with with random people or you know sitting uh, looking for group queue for an hour to do something, which has its advantages, but doing five man dungeons are fun. Like that's that's they're they're a fun part of the experience. But at the same time, when you start going onto PvP servers, it gets a lot less fun. It can. It really depends on what's going on. If people, if high level characters are running around smacking around newbies, yeah, it's not as fun. When there's griefing involved, there's not not as much fun. But some of the most fun experiences I've ever had in World of Warcraft were running into someone the same level as you out in the middle of nowhere, both doing almost similar quests that involve you killing the same stuff. And there's just a couple of things. Either either it's there's the stare down, the wave or the salute, the nod, and then you kind of go about your business and no one does anything. Or there is the intense 15 or 20 minute sidetracking back and forth PvP battles to try and get the other person to leave the area and hope that they don't, you know, chump out and uh, call in their level 80 or whatever it is, 95 friends now and do dumb shit. I was never a fan of any sort of PvP zones. I always played on either role-playing or normal servers, mostly because of griefing. I could not stand it. I don't... Yeah. So I'm not a person who enjoys PvP at all. I don't like competitive multiplayer. I mentioned that before. Mm -hmm. It's not my bag. I don't enjoy griefing. I don't enjoy battlegrounds. Keep it the flip away from me. Yeah. 
Well, and that's the other thing is, you know, WoW started the whole Battlegrounds thing, which has been emulated by multiple MMOs. You got to stop that, buddy. Yeah, I don't know what my deal is. (laughs) It's the beer. No, it's the I've gotten shit for sleep for like the past week (laughs) and continue to get shit for sleep. So it's whatever. Dude, I was up for 24 hours straight before we recorded this. Yeah, I'm with you. I I don't know the feeling. I'm with you. Yeah. But no, yeah, they like when WoW first started adding in Battlegrounds, it was very much like, how in the crap is this even going to, how do you play, how can you play capture the flag with these mechanics? Like, it just doesn't make sense. And in fairness, it works. Yeah, they they found a way to make it work, which is, you know, massive, massive kudos to them. As much as I dislike your game, I approve of your mechanics. (laughs) Yeah. But, and the reason we're picking on WoW, so to speak, is that literally almost every MMO tries to copy them in some capacity, whether it is the jokes of Lords of Lord of the Rings online being wow light. It really is the humor for me of playing uh, star Wars, the old Republic and having it basically be an exact copy of wow was really funny. Yeah. Cause I it wanted, basically I wanted to like that game. It's early wrath of the Lich King is where star mm-hmm. Wars is stuck for the most part, which is actually a really good period of time in wow, but kind of funny. But at the same time, it's just, I've already played World of Warcraft. If I wanted to play World of Warcraft, I'd go play World of Warcraft. I don't want to play World of Warcraft. The thing is, is if you like those mechanics, it makes Star Wars a really, really good game. I I agree. The the funny part for me playing Star Wars was when I first started playing with a bunch of my army buddies, and they were like, I I can't even remember what I was playing. I think I was playing a, a bounty hunter or something at the time, and they were like, dude... Do you mind making a uh, a marauder? We need a we need a Sith marauder to round out our party. And I was like, I don't know, man. What what does a marauder do? And he's like, kind of explaining it to me. And I'm going, that sound. It sounds like a fury warrior in WoW. Yeah, okay. And and I was like, I can get on board with this. My main in WoW is a fury warrior. I can I can do this. Let's check this out. So so I start rolling it up. I think I get to level ten, maybe ten or twelve. And you have all of the skills that you would have as at the time, I think a level 80 fury warrior and wow. And I'm like, I know. And at that point I literally just take my hot bar, swap all the icons around to make my, you know, wow rotation. And, uh, my friend was like, Oh, Hey, just some, just some tips for you. You should do this, 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 and this, and this during combat. I got it. I got it. (laughs) No, no. And my first thought was actually you're wrong. Because if I do that, I'll do about 30% less damage than if I do this. <laughs> and and like I'm just like, it's cool, man. I got it. He's like, I got this. It's fun. And, and he was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, this is like, I've it's been fun. playing this character for four years already. Like, I think I I think I got the mechanics. I got this. It's fine. <laughs> and I did. I was I oh, was yeah. destroying. Like I, I started doing some some uh their version of instances with him and like I was just crushing everyone on damage meters and they're like, What the fuck, man? And I'm like, I've played a Fury Warrior for four years. I know my rotations. <laughs> and they didn't make the connection until you mentioned that? Oh, one of them was like, Oh, I guess that kind of makes sense. I've never played one of those. And I was like, Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I still have a screenshot somewhere. Execute, execute. execute. 
I still have a screenshot somewhere from a while back in the day. And I actually taunted one of my friends with it a couple of months ago when I found it again of uh, the, the screenshot of our damage meters for the first boss fight where I did more damage than every rogue in my guild as a warrior. They can and, be destructive. And they were like, how the fuck did you do that? Execute, execute, execute. Oh, no, no. It, this was a, it was a uh, cleave whirlwind fight because we were mm -hmm. fighting like it was uh, three mobs that you end up stacking on top of each other. And I would just spamming whirlwind and cleave. Yeah. Cleave instead of heroic strike, and it was, yeah. it was going nuts. It was it was a fun game. God, I hate that game. <sighs> but there so are some much. other there are other styles of MMOs out there. There are Planet Side and Planet Side Two are a good example. Eve Online, uh, yeah, Eve Online. It, but Eve can you can play Spreadsheet Simulator 2015. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. I've only played a little bit of Eve, like twenty hours maybe. What, however much I got done in my, my free trial or my first sure, like sure. 15 bucks or whatever. I don't know how co-op works in that. Like, I don't, I, it's, and it's it kind of because I, I didn't get fully into it. I'm pretty sure it's possible. Like, I mean, I know how the big battles work and shit like that, but it just seems like if I think about standard MMOs and how, when, if you and I team up to start doing quests, I can I can see how that works because I've done it a whole bunch. Right. Uh, based on doing quests in that game, you can't really it, team up to do those. It doesn't make a lot of sense to team up and do those. Like it, so, it seems like once you get past doing quests and you're out like your business, your corporation or whatever, trying to gain leverage throughout the galaxy. Like I can see how that's co-op because you know you're just trying to make money for your corporation and whatever each person contributes helps. But doing individual quests and, you know, building up to that point doesn't seem very co-op intuitive. Not really. All you're really doing is building up money. Yeah. That's the entire point of Eve. And the fun part is that Eve actually allows you to essentially trade in in-game currency for in-game playing time, mm -hmm. which has become a, a sort of... I don't want to say black market, but it's essentially become kind of a, a stock exchange for yeah. essentially real money. Yeah. Uh, Wildstar attempted to do that for a while. In World of Warcraft, you can do that now hmm. because of Wildstar. Like, Wilds, uh, I mean, Eve kind of started the whole, I think it's the Plex thing, is I think what yeah. you're referring to. I believe uh, so. Well, Wildstar had, these, had this idea of they created their own basically auction house and... Hmm you had basically two different things you could do with it. You could either purchase one of these coins, which is the equivalent of a month subscription. Okay. And you could put it on the auction house. And someone else could buy that for in-game currency. And so person A, who put the thing up on the auction house, would get the money from person B. And so basically you're using... You know, your $20 or whatever, not, it wasn't $20. Like, so you pay 10 bucks for this thing, and then you get 10 bucks worth of gold, which ends up being, who, you know, whatever, like 10,000 gold or something like that. Just True. to make numbers easier. Uh, and it worked so well for a while, but then they went free to play because they, people didn't want to buy the subscriptions for some reason. They weren't paying for the subscription because yeah. they were already getting the yeah. in game. Well, the thing was, is to even do that, like you couldn't just 
do it with in-game currency. Someone else had to buy it initially and put it up on the auction house. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so WoW started doing it as a way to curb gold farming. Yeah, I can see and, that. And legitimize gold farming to a, to a different degree. So now in, in WoW, you can go into the in-game store in WoW and purchase a month subscription and then someone else can, you know, drop a, purchase that from you. well and, and the thing is is that in wow the auction house regulates the price based on market value so you can't undercut people you can't you know hmm. buy all of them and jack the price up like it's literally controlled by the system so that you can't rip it off huh fancy but that. in in theory if you play enough wow to make enough money you can now basically play for free by purchasing in-game time. I haven't played in a couple of months, so I don't know how well it's been going, but I, I know it was going for a while, and it's an interesting concept, yeah. especially if you can theoretically play WoW for free, which some people would really love to do. Not me. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> so, you have like Planet Side, Planet Side 2, which you would probably hate because they're basically giant team death matches between three different teams. Not a huge fan. I, I don't know if I'd hate it, but I certainly wouldn't love it. I'm, yeah. Well, I'd give it a try before I decided I hated it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting in that it's a persistent universe, but not necessarily characters. So you have a set battlefield. Like, it's just a set map. And your army can go in and conquer a place. And then if you log off for the night, once you've conquered that place, you may not be in control of that place when you log back in the next night or the next because, morning. And if you're still there, you'll probably get murdered. Yes, but, you know, that's the idea is that, you know, you're just fighting all over all this territory. And there's a lot of people that love it. And it's a really interesting idea for a multiplayer first-person shooter. Sure. Kind of on a similar token, there is Firefall. I haven't heard of that one. It's another first-person... Well, it's kind of... It is. It is a science fiction free-to-play massive multiplayer online open-world shooter by Red 5 Studios and released in July 29th of 2014. Yes. Um, so it has... It does not have PvP to my knowledge at all. In, yeah, I don't in, see it in here. In any capacity. Hmm. It, it also, it's very, very run and gun. You, you basically have these robotic suits that you upgrade and basically determine your class along with your weapons. Um, like tribes. Yeah, it's a little like tribes. It's And it's really fun. Like, it's a fun little, it's really well balanced. Uh, you basically just go out and do these quick little quests and... Hmm. It's it's just a fun little game to putz around with. Uh, I was in one of the early alphas a really long time ago, and I every couple of months we'll boot it back up and see how it's going and if it's gotten any better or not. But they've been having some issues. I hadn't heard about any issues. I just uh, from what I noticed, apparently it's uh, the game design is to deter to, there to deter gold farming. Yeah. Well, there's not really any way to farm gold in the game that I can think of other than just completely doing uh, quests over and over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. And even then, you don't really... I don't know. You you have these this weird thing called a thumper, which will help you mine minerals from the ground, which you use to upgrade your equipment. And sure. it, it actually becomes really interesting because you, you go out and you find a good spot for this thing, and you you call in your your big mining thing, and it you know gets shot in from orbit. And uh, and then you have to defend it until it's done mining. So you nice. literally, yeah, it, it creates a domination point and like all of these critters come charging in it and you have to nice. defend it until it's done. 
Or it, or it gets blown up. So, I mean, it's it's kind of cool because it fluidly takes you through these different gameplay styles against, you know, either bot match, death match, or domination style stuff. And I don't think it does really capture the flag, but it does some really interesting twists on normal MMO mechanics, which are, are kind of fun. But hmm. it's also interesting specifically in that it has no, no competitive death match. It is all co-op. I'd be interested in that. I might give it a try. And it's always fun to, you know, fly around on a rocket pack. Yeah, I mean, it uses jump jets, which yep. is another tribes mechanic. Mm-hmm. Because the lead game designer apparently designed both this and tribes. No, probably. I believe no, it. just both sides on Wikipedia. <laughs> I believe it. All right. Chat about MMOs, competitive, co-op. The only thing I want to kind of wrap up with co-op. I would have loved to have seen, obviously Fallout 4, but they tried to do it for Resident Evil with Resident Evil Outbreak. Mm-hmm. You hear anything about that? Remember that? Um, so co-op... No, but I've... They did it with Resident Evil 4, which apparently was, you know, made people jizz in their pants. Really? Yeah. I don't know they did it with 4. I mean, I, didn't, I know they did it with 5 and 6, but I don't know 4. Yeah, I think, I think 4 had co-op. I'm pretty sure. Because uh, I, I remember my friends being like, oh my god, you have to fucking play this with me. Oh, it's so goddamn amazing. And I was like, okay, cool. Because huh. I don't like Rise. Oh, yeah. No shit. Yeah, it does. Look at that. Because that was the first time that they launched it into that style for Resident Evil, like that new updated craziness. And yeah, apparently it did really well with co-op. Because it had two hey. characters almost at all times. Um... Resident Evil 4 only had one character, Leon Kennedy, pretty much the entire time. The only time there was a second character was the president's daughter, which you're there trying to rescue. Okay. Never mind. I'm thinking the wrong thing. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it does have co-op, though. Resident Evil 5 is literally Chris Redfield and Sheva. Yeah. I can't remember her last name. But that was an interesting... Is that uh, the one where they just kill black people? Yes. <laughs> They, they turned them white with ashes. But yeah, essentially. That was a super huge controversy when Resident Evil 5 came out. Yeah. And Resident Evil 6 takes place in uh, all over the, the, the world, so you're not just killing black or brown people. You're also killing white people on occasion, but they're all zombies, regardless. Yeah, yeah it was, I remember that with Resident Evil 5. It was a huge controversy, and actually I just sat there laughing the entire time because, come on, people. There are really much better things to bitch about. Yeah, there really are. are. Anyway, but how did the uh, you said res- you were talking about what was it, Resident Evil Outbreak? Outbreak, yes. Um, it was the first real foray into co op, mm-hmm. and it was essentially a, I know how much you hate the the tank mode style of Resident Evil, and it, it was literally that it was on PS2. So picture the Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3 but with multiple people. They had different skill sets. Like um, there was a plumber who came equipped with a fold-out knife. It was, that was his thing. Uh, and he, he was the only one who came equipped with a melee weapon out so of the box. So he wasn't there to clear your pipes? Bow, chicka, bow, wow. <laughs> there was also a uh, cop who came <laughs> equipped with a, with a 9 millimeter out of the box. Uh, it, I don't remember all of it, but I actually... Kind of, it's kind of funny. I have the one of the, the Resident Evil outbreak sitting on my shelf here, and I didn't play it very far because it was meant to be a co-op game, and there was so many mechanics developed around the co-op aspect, 
and surprisingly it made use of the the ethernet card that you could per- purchase for ps2 yeah and of course you can't find anybody because it was such in its infancy it was ahead of its time it really wanted to be there and it just failed unfortunately and i wish that they'd kind of remake that but the closest yeah. thing we get is resident evil 5 or 6 so kind of like uh did you ever play final fantasy i think it was crystal chronicles I did. I loved it. I the one where there, there were literally parts of the game that you couldn't play if you didn't have four players. Yeah, yeah. Which is a which is a big issue. I mean, you could you could play with three mm-hmm. and still progress to you could you could finish the game. Mm-hmm. You could even finish the game with one person if you were really fucking lucky. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it was yes, you had to have a four people in order to make the game at all palatable. Yeah. And um, well, I mean, there, really were, cool there were literally parts of the game you could not access if you did not have four people to stand on four pressure plates. Hmm. I could have sworn you could. Either way, I remember playing it with the, the cool mechanic about that was that you had, well, it, Nintendo per, kind of forced you to purchase peripherals because you had to have Game Boy Advance and yep. you had to have the Game Boy Advance link cable to link up to the GameCube. So you had to have four of those and four Game Boy Advances and four and three other friends. And yeah. which were in short supply for me when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, when we played, it was much, much later when you could go to GameStop and pick up a Game Boy Advance for like twenty bucks. bucks. Yeah, and then and then a shit. five dollar link cable. <laughs> really? Yeah. Which was honestly the the whole thing would cost you about a hundred bucks. Yeah. For all four. Yeah, I I have that on my fucking shelf too. Goddamn thing is gathering dust. <laughs> So I know none of them are probably going to hear this, but people who make emulators make freaking emulators co-opable over fucking internet. Because holy shit, would it be awesome to be able to like, yeah, play? Imagine playing something like Secret Battle of Mana, Toad. Secret of Mana, like or Double Dragon back in the day. Like the, yeah. But imagine, like, if you could, you know, f- fire up a main machine and like play the original Double Dragon arcade game with right two players, or you could play the Simpsons or X Men. Yeah, two of the like, best beat 'em ups ever. Imagine if you could play those with or the first the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. Uh, but imagine if you could play those with six people that aren't in the same room. I will say one thing is that um, they did port both the Simpsons and X Men to Xbox 360, mm-hmm. so you can do that. But I I do see your point. It's just right. the fact that you, you can't do that without purchasing the game for Xbox 360 and having six other people who own the game. Yeah, but I don't want it for Xbox 360. No, absolutely I not. Want I want it for put PC. It, put it on Steam, motherfucker. Good old game. That would be nice, too. Yeah, or or an emulator, you know. Yeah, that would be, that would be lovely. I unfortunately don't see that happening anytime soon because oh, that kind of thing is just a nightmare to program, I'm sure. Oh, um, probably. Uh, I'm out of Steam. Yeah, I think I think we've exhausted things for the time being. Yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll revisit the topic at some point, but yeah. uh, or it'll wind its way into other topics also. Yeah, it's true. So where can our uh, intrepid listeners find you? I have been streaming Fallout Four on Twitch at uh, chop slash chop the Viking. I, I'm not going to set up a Facebook page yet because I don't know if I want to or not. We, um, we've we've got one. It's it's not a big deal. Yeah. I'm sure you can use that for. Yeah, so we've got uh, Facebook. Search for Loaded Cart Gaming. You will find us. You can literally find us at Facebook.com slash Loaded Cart Gaming. Yeah, YouTube, you could also find us at 
you know, search for Loaded Card Gaming, you'll pull up our channel. I don't think we have enough subscribers to make our own custom URL yet, but we will do that as the minute we can. Not Yay. Just, yeah. Yay, YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can find us at LoadedCartGaming.com. That is where you will find our podcast in the near future, hopefully Monday. And then there will be an RSS there that you will also hopefully be able to pick up at both iTunes and Stitcher. So yay. But then if you feel like talking to me, you can either or just email me at chop at loadedcardgaming.com. Uh, do you remember our Twitter handle offhand? Because um, I don't. Let's find out. Give your details and then we'll we'll talk about Twitter. You got it. Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash R-A-Z-O-K-K-U-L-L. Yeah, I know. I got to change it. I'm sorry. You can also find me on uh, facebook.com slash loadedcartgaming and facebook.com slash what's Paul playing today. Uh, if you want to email me, just go for paul at loadedcartgaming.com. Uh, so our twiddle, hand, tw- twiddle handle. Twiddle handle. Yeah, it's sure. A twiddle, it's a twiddle handle. It's a twiddle handle. Yeah. All right. Uh, so on Twitter... We are at Loaded Cart. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, anything else you want to say before we head out? No. Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> All right, folks. It's about time for me to go the fuck to bed. So here is some smooth jazz to play you out. So, anything you want to dig into before we chop into the meat of this topic? Ha uh-huh. ha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that as a no. Uh, no, no, so, no. It's just, you know, laughing at your horrible pun. There was a pun? Never mind. Oh. <laughs> right. Anyway. Now you're on the trolley. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I've had a couple of the, the homebrews here, so I'm not exactly all here. Huh. Let's dive into that. Actually, I do have one last thing. You bastard. Damn right. Because I got to mess everything up. So it better be a fucking stinger. All right. If we ever play Resident Evil Outbreak, I will be your plumber. <laughs> That's the stinger. <laughs> That's it.